0: OHL Hockey is back.
1: This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. Originating from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope.
0: Well, Farzy, you hungry? Oh, man, I've never been hungrier. Because, uh,
1: time to eat some crow. (laughs) You know, when you told me you had a little sound effect to play for me on this podcast. I didn't uh, exactly expect that, but it's appropriate nonetheless. Nope. Uh, yeah, We're, uh, we're definitely going
0: to have to eat some crow after that uh, Guelph Storm comeback against Saginaw. It was game five in this very building the night of and or sorry, the day before and I was saying it was over on Friday. Game five, I said it's done. Yep. Saginaw's winning, it's over, the
1: series is done. That was not the case. Well, at all. Sag was going home for game five, having one game four on the road. So SAG gets the first two games of the series, and the second one, under circumstances, when you thought, boy, oh, boy, Guelph, let the opportunity get away, right? Because that's when the tide turned with the five-minute major taken by Justin Murray, which resulted in a four-game suspension. It, it, it was the game where Ivan Prosvatov went off the deep end, just jumped right off that diving board, and into the deep water he went, Suspended for five games for batting that puck out of play. And the Guelph Storm had that game in their hands. And ultimately lost it. So you're thinking, okay, down 2 nothing now. Going back home. Yeah, they got one. But then SAG wins game number four. So they're up 3-1 going back home. And you're looking at that Storm team thinking, you should be 2-2. You you blew game two. You just, you know, your comebacks ran out versus London all I'll eat all the crow I need to eat. Uh, I doubt it. I flat out said it was over versus Saginaw. I said the same thing versus London. And here we are, two historic comebacks by this Storm team. Yeah, I can't believe it. I uh, I think I wrote them off against London, if I can go back in
0: time. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then I definitely wrote them off last week. I thought Sag- I wrote them off before the series started. I thought Saginaw was coming out of the West. And then when they jump out 3-1... I thought well there's just and even watching that game 4 I thought this is this is a cakewalk for Saginaw almost um and then as Guelph apparently can do which we saw in the series against Kitchener and in the series against London and in the series against Saginaw they flipped the switch those their best players took over and Saginaw didn't really have an answer for Guelph's defense I, we talked about it during the year that this might be the best group of defensemen I've ever seen in this league at one time on a hockey club and they just took away the middle of the ice so well on Saginaw they really had no answer for it as deep as Saginaw's forwards are they just they couldn't get any quality scoring chances especially in that game seven like whether it was like Tristan Lennox played well he made some saves I thought some of the saves he made looked bigger than they needed to because he was out of position or overplaying pucks, and that just comes with being a 16-year-old. Um But still, he wasn't really, like, or, or Anthony Popovich on the other end, I don't know, he wasn't tested. He didn't have to make many big saves. Guelph tested Lennox, and I, I thought he played well, but the other way, I just, Saginaw had nothing. They had nothing. It was it was unbelievable to see, and it'll be interesting to see whether uh, in this OHL final that's on right now as we record this, Uh, Guelph down 3-1. It'll be interesting to see if Ottawa jumps out to a lead and if they start
1: going, "Uh uh-oh, or if Storm thinks, we got them right where where we want them. Yeah, just lose the first two or three games of a series and then, you know, when you're ready to play, just flip that switch again, right? Yeah, pressure. To me, the Saginaw-Guelph series came down to depth. Uh, Both teams were deep at the forward position, maybe Guelph a little more, but defensively, I don't know how you're getting past that Storm defense i really don't when marcus phillips and fedor Gordiev are down your defensive depth chart right and you've got your samarukovs and your derseys and your hanley's Hanleys. who have won ohl championships before i mean it's just it's a lot and and that to me is what made the guelph storm western conference champions isn't it interesting back-to-back seasons in the ontario hockey league back-to-back game sevens in the west final A year ago, of course, yeah. The Rangers and Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds go to double overtime. This one, it got a little bit interesting when Saginaw got that late goal with about 45 seconds to play to make it 3-2, but you just got the sense, even though Saginaw scored the first goal of the game, it didn't take Guelph long to come back and get the answer. And it just felt to me, from watching the game anyway, that the Storm knew it was their game. They were just going to... They dictated the... The pace of play, the style of play made Saginaw play their game, and, and that's all she wrote. I was just, and I
0: don't, I don't know if shocked is the word or surprised, because Saginaw had that offense and because Saginaw can play so big and so tough in that physical way that we've seen them play, I really thought that they just had no, they were suffocated. And, I, and that's not the type of hockey we've seen Guelph play at times. It's that run and gun. It's the not worrying about your own end and just trying to win game 7-6. And it was unbelievable watching them just elip- they, coming back all five in, the, in their own zone all the time, taking away the middle of the ice, forcing Saginaw to the outside. They always had back pressure. They always had puck support. It was the Guelph Storm team that we expected to see from January 9th on. And I was, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed by the Storm in that or in the Western Conference final.
1: So are we showing our western conference bias by talking about the Gulf storm first on this episode of the podcast because no
0: i think it's the biggest
1: i think it's the bigger story is it because the ottawa 67s my friend are chasing some serious history in the modern era and i think we touched on this on last week's episode a 16 and 2 record through the playoffs is the best that any team can boast and that was the london Knights times two 2005 2016 they went through to an OHL championship with a record of 16-2. and No team has ever swept the first three rounds, gone 12-0 and into an OHL championship. There was that 1988 Windsor Spitfires team that actually made it to a Memorial Cup with a 12-0 and record because back then, it was some goofy thing where after getting out of the first round as the top team, you had an option. You could yeah. take a bye and the spit said, yep. We'll take that. So dumb. And then they went on and that was, they swept the Rangers in the first round. I'm forgetting who they got there in the third round then. And then they swept Peterborough in the OHL final, but they go to the Memorial cup and they also were undefeated until the championship game. Like that one's got a sting. That's a la new England Patriots of a few years ago, where they run the table in the regular season. They win their two playoff games and then they lose the Super Bowl. That's kind of the Spitfire story from 1988. It, it is the bigger story for me
0: because, yes, they're chasing history. However, they made their way through the Eastern Conference without having to face the second-best team in the league thanks to Oshawa's upset of Niagara. The Gulf Storm beat the top team in the West, the second-best team in the West, and the fifth-best team in the West. And those two big comebacks, which is the story... We're against the top two teams in the regular season. Yes, Guelph obviously is a much different team since the deadline, but still that's why the two comebacks are the biggest story in my mind.
1: Yeah, and that's what I've been giving a lot of thought to that over the past week. The second best team being the Niagara Ice Dogs. Did Guelph go through the top team in the West in the London Knights? Sure, on paper, of course, the Knights had the points and they were the top-ranked team in the Western Conference. And maybe it just speaks to uh, the value or lack thereof in the Ontario Hockey League's regular season, but I certainly think pound for pound, player for player, certainly on paper, the Guelph Storms stack up clearly against any team in this league. I think one of the other things it makes me curious about, and I, I think we've got the OHL final the league deserves with Ottawa and Guelph right now, but if we had gone to, and I, I really hope the league does at some point rejig their playoff format so you can go 1-16... through 16, because then the Ottawa 67s and the Guelph Storm are going to have to come through different teams. There might be different teams left right now in the OHL championship.
0: Who knows? Okay, well, I'm going to put it to you this way because this is interesting because I'm a a big proponent uh, of 1 through 16. I like the idea of it. I shouldn't say I'm a proponent. I really like the idea of it. But I bring you this. In the first round, even through 1 through 16, the way the OHL was built this year, the top four in each conference were beasts. Would there have been an upset? One through one through 16. No, I don't think so. Okay, so then in, in the second round, you have the OHL final.
1: In the second round, you have the OHL final. One versus eight. The Guelph Storm
0: against the Ottawa sixty-seven.
1: <laughs> Is that how it would have worked That's out? That's how
0: it would have worked out.
1: No way. Okay. Guelph would have been eighth yep. in that scenario? Yeah. Holy cow.
0: Well, you think about it, Kitchener was the best of the rest, and they faced off against Guelph in the first round. Kitchener finished ninth in the OHL. So one through 16, your second round would be Ottawa-Guelph. And that's your OHL final right now. That's where, it's it's years like this that make me question whether it is a good idea. Hmm. Because Ottawa-Guelph, one team's out in the first round? Second, yeah. Or, that, sorry, well, second round. But
1: you're right. And that's always been the <laughs> argument in favor of right. going one through 16 because we've seen these Years where so many Western Conference teams were strong, and yep. the East is kind of sitting over there, and then you get to an OHL final, and that Western team is either too worn out from what they went through to get there, or they just run through the Eastern team like a buzzsaw. So interesting. I I didn't uh, I didn't look at the way it would have worked out that way, but and and maybe that speaks to how the regular season needs to be needs to have greater weight somehow, right? Because if the if the London Knights were the top team in the Western Conference by points. But the Guelph Storm were actually the best team. I don't know how you you rectify that or rationalize that in any way. Either way, I do think... Maybe come the second round, they reseed them based on second half points. Yeah, our buddy... Well, or it's just a one through eight each conference and then a reseeding after the first round is done, which I don't think would change things in this scenario. But our buddy Terry Doyle... Who calls games for the Sarnia Sting is a proponent of that idea, as opposed to starting one through 16, just keeping your conferences and then in the second round, do the reseed. So I don't know. That's I still interesting. Can't, I still can't believe. So you're saying, though, then that Guelph. Yes. Guelph I,
0: had fewer points this regular season than Sudbury, than Iowa, London, Sashawa. Yeah, list them off. Really? 90. I'll be darned. There you go.
1: That would be a very interesting first or second round, wouldn't it? <laughs> would have ever. And a team like the London Knights is probably saying, "Hell yeah!" Because yeah. you know, give them well, a better chance have, of survival. They would have got Sudbury, Saginaw would have played Oshawa, and Niagara
0: would have had to make the trip up to Sault Saint Marie. Oh, that would have been
1: that would have been a good series. Would have Niagara, been a really Sault good Saint series, Marie. absolutely. A lot of firepower, exactly. High powered offenses, and although apparently speed when it games. comes comes down to it, Niagara didn't have it this year. Well, and we wanted to touch on that a little bit, too, because... We, do you want to wait and talk about the 67s first, or do you want to talk about Niagara? Sure. It's up to you. We'll come back on the Niagara point. I Absolutely. just feel we haven't given the 67s
0: the due, because we talked about the bigger story, and you know, I think, obviously, when you're undefeated
1: going into the OHL final, that's a pretty big deal. The way they got to that OHL final, too, with the game versus Oshawa, to remain undefeated in the playoffs, you're down one nothing with less than a minute to play. Yeah. And Ty Feliber says, okay, I got this. I mean, there was the cruelest penalty in all of sports that played a role in that with the delay of game. But listen, this team, and we talked to Feliber on last week's episode of the podcast, and he mentioned how Andre Turney was not exactly quiet during that second intermission in game number he four. he he yelled at them. Versus <laughs> Oshawa. So listen, this Ottawa team, and we talked about it when we were last up there during the regular season. We saw a very entertaining game between Kitchener and Ottawa, but that 67s team is is a team that I would have believed coming into the playoffs could go through 12-0. and Did uh-huh. I think they'd sweep Ukopeka Lukanen, forget the Sudbury Wolves, but Ukopeka Lukkanen and score eight goals against them twice? No, but it's a very well-built hockey club. They beat, perhaps...
0: With all due respect to Michael DiPietro, who is by far the number one, but the next two best goaltenders in the Eastern Conference, maybe even the Ontario Hockey League, and did it with ease. And now they're going up against
1: Anthony Popovich. Yeah, but you know what? How can you take anything away from Anthony Popovich? You saw him in round two when the chips were down. I know, but listen, he played some, some of his very best hockey when... The Storm had their backs against the wall versus the London Knights. Down 3 nothing, Popovich came up with some big games. You look at that Saginaw series, they're down 3-1. Game 5 in Saginaw, the Spirit come out, and they had 8, 9, 10 glorious chances early. Popovich is making the saves, keeping the Storm in it. They find their legs, and we know how it finished off. I, listen, I'm not trying to start a no. I'm, I'm I know trying what you're to pump saying. his tires. but yeah.
0: No, he's, he's done what he needed to do. He hasn't stole a game, but he hasn't lost them a game. And that's what you want from your goaltender. And he's made the saves he need, needs to make. He's looked strong. He's looked solid. He hasn't looked, wow, what a great goaltending performance by Anthony Popovich.
1: But he's looked good. And obviously when you have that team in front of you, it's a little easier for sure. And that's what I was just going to say about Ottawa. I mean, look, we both love Mikey DiPietro. And Cedric Andrea has shown us what he's he can do in this league and he will do mm-hmm. in the years ahead. But... Does it matter to the Ottawa 67s who's in goal? Again, considering how well-built the team is, absolutely goaltending wins you championships, and you want to have those big-game guys, which obviously the 67s went out and got in Mikey DiPietro, but that team, defensively and offensively, is just so well-rounded. Extremely well-rounded from the back end out.
0: They have the best back back end, meaning goaltending, in the Ontario Hockey League, with Andre and DiPietro, their defense is solid, big, bruising guys that can move the puck. Though guys with heck of a shot, um, and then their offense speaks for itself. And I, 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 you look at all the big moves made at the deadline, and there wasn't a lot said about the moves that uh, Ottawa made. James Boyd, the general manager, he went out and got DiPietro. Yes, for sure, that was what everyone was talking about.
1: Without giving up a roster player, and that which was ahead of the a story. Yeah, yeah, that was
0: ahead of the deadline. Then he goes out and gets two overragers in Maksimovic and Chiodo. And that, that's just brilliant. You bring in two guys that Maksimovic has, has been to the dance. He knows what it takes. Chiodo's still chasing it. So you get a bit of both. And two of the top scorers in the Ontario Hockey League. And guys that can mentor the young players like their centerman, Mitchell Holscher, local kid, shout out, um, for next year when they're good again. I think those two moves were just brilliant moves by James Boyd, and not many people talked about them. It was like, oh, they went to Ottawa, oh, they went to Ottawa. It wasn't like, oh, wow, they went and got those two overagers.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, and I think in part it's because those two overagers went to Ottawa and it wasn't something like, oh, I don't know, 11 draft picks going the other way. Yeah. Look, James Boyd did exactly what he needed to do for his team without mortgaging... The future. And, and I think the Saginaw spirit can take some solace in that as well. They fell short this year when they definitely decided to push some of their chips in, but they're not going to fall off the face of the earth next season. Ottawa. I don't know. There's not a lot of returning players over there. They'll, they'll, they have a good nucleus. Yes, but that's it's a young nucleus. Another two, three, maybe two or three years, they'll be good again. But they're not going to, you think they're, they're not going to miss the playoffs next year? I mean, I'm getting way ahead here, course. but it doesn't look to me like a team, listen, you mark the Guelph storm down for ninth or 10th in the West next year, okay? You want to talk about no <laughs> returning players, that would be one of them. <laughs> Can and they finish eleven? <laughs> right? <laughs> and I don't think Owen Sound's ready for prime time yet. So listen, the Saginaw True. Spirit... They might be the best of the worst next year. Who knows? I'm just... Really? Well, listen, I'm getting way too far ahead. How much crow can I eat in one season? First first next season bet right now? I'm done betting with you. I'm done betting with you. I got burned. You've just made me realize how much worse it was to give you the damn field. Because you had your money on Saginaw. if If you were... If I put the chips on the table and said pick a team, it would have been SAG. SAG, yeah. So we could have sawed off with me saying London, you saying SAG. And I then, still would have made it further, though, and then it would have made you pay up anyway. Of course you would have. <laughs> anyway, I think Ottawa is going to have, you know, another new year next year that could be a very good year. Saginaw's not going to disappear from contention, especially with some of the things that they've put in place this year and built, but if you look at the other team in that Eastern Conference that went out and got it, the... Niagara Ice Dogs have got to be right now looking around Saint Catharines, going, "What do we do?"
0: And I, I wish I had an answer <laughs> because they they went out and spent those eleven picks on Jason Robertson and Paquette, and they made other moves. It's an old hockey club. Their goaltender is graduating. A big part of their defense is graduating. A lot of their offense is graduating and they don't have many picks left in the cupboard, and then they got slapped with the sanctions, which takes away even more draft picks and more money, all while the Burks are going, we tried, we, we went for it, and we failed. And it, it must just, like, I think that loss stings worse. I bet you it stings worse than, than the Saginaw loss. Or maybe even the London. I don't know about the London one. That one stings a lot coming down when you're up 3 nothing. But when you make a trade for a team's two best players and then they go and make other trades and then beat you to go to the East final, like Joey Burke's got it. Like, I hope he's got some people around him, someone to lean on, because holy can your brain go into a dark spot after that. That's a That is rough. And it looks rough. It looks like... The they, the players didn't buy in because they had a better team on paper. If you look at it, they had a better team. They had a better team in the record book, and they were supposed to win that series. They got Paquette and Stanika from Oshawa. They went and said, "I want your two best players, your best forward and your best defenseman, please." And then they lost to them.
1: Remember, too, they won the first two games of that series, man, and then
0: lost four straight. Like that. Look, that's a bad. That's a bad look on Joey Burke, the general manager. That's a bad look on his brother Billy, the head coach. That's a bad look on ownership, their parents. What do they do? How, like, that team's gonna be bad for a while. And that's a big rink. If it's empty, holy man, that that's something to watch in the future. Cause I, I don't know. Like, did they pull shoot? Bradford. <coughs> oh, what? Bradford. When was the, listen, when the last says time we had a Branford. When okay. was the last time Bradford supported a hockey club? They had one of the best all time junior B hockey clubs. The Golden Eagles, when they won o- or junior B championship after junior B championship, and nobody showed up. Do not put a hockey team in Brantford. No one goes. Brantford Alexanders, Brantford Smoke. Yeah. The Smoke, they, that was what, East East Coast or AHL?
1: No, I think it was, it was, pro. I think it was the old U. It was pro. No, C, it was the old
0: CHL. CHL? Colonial, yeah. Yeah. No one went. I hear you. They tried junior B there. They tried
1: tier two. It doesn't work. No. If you're going to move them, you can't move them. Niagara's a great oh, spot for it. It is, and, and the rink is there. You mentioned it. That's my big concern, though. How you now, as, uh, as an organization, sell your product 34 times a year. How yeah. are you doing that? Who's going to be... It reminds me of the scene from, uh, from Moneyball when the Johnny Damon... And what other big banner was coming down off the side of the Oakland Coliseum after they were- Zombie. Jombies. Right? right? And you see them just falling down. Cause, yeah. And who's going to be the next face of that franchise? Right now, that was all Hollywood, but that's kind of the way I see it. Absolutely. Like, what's your, what's your slogan in St. Catharines next year? We tried. <laughs> we went for it, but we lost. Swing and a miss <laughs> in St. Like, not I don't
0: know. But Okay, Well, what's worse? Or is one
1: worse because Guelph's in the same boat, yeah, but Guelph is currently competing for an Ontario Hockey League championship, and I do think I do think that anything short of that championship and the following trip to Halifax is less than the storm expect of themselves this year, so they're up against it in a very good team in Ottawa, but clearly so. to me it's worse. you still have a Western conference championship, you have a banner to put up at the Sleeman Center next season. You've got something to show for what you did. That's true. But the draft picks that they traded,
0: and it's going to be a couple rough years in Guelph. Like they, they just went through a couple rough years, don't get me wrong, but they got a few more coming down the pike. Whether they win or lose, and whether it's George Burnett or not, that general manager is going to have his work cut out for him because they don't have a lot of pieces coming back. There was talk that maybe Marcus Phillips might come back. Now he signs. Now he signs. Like you're, you're without your. I don't think they get a defenseman back. Chayka.
1: Yeah, I'm running through them, and you're Chayka, yep.
0: who's their seventh defenseman, and isn't playing right now. Spent some time at forward. I do not think the Guelph Storm have a defenseman on their roster coming back next year. And that's alarming. That is alarming. Yeah, you're without your top two lines that's a lot of bodies to be without. We saw the toll it took on Kitchener losing what six players this year. They're losing six defensemen and at least six forwards. That is going to be rough. Absolutely it is. And I don't know who's in a worse spot. Obviously the if as you mentioned a banner, the Western Conference banner alone, it it you know, whether Ottawa wins or not, at least that Western Conference banner is something. You can say we tried something and this is what we got for it.
1: Yeah, I think if you look at the Erie Otters as an example that had those four consecutive 50 win seasons, but only one OHL championship to show for it. So they get there, they win the West, right, but they couldn't win the O until that final kick at it. Uh, I, I still think that it's it's a far worse, a far more dire situation for the Burke family and the Niagara Ice Dogs because at least the Guelph Storm... And listen, if I'm a fan, and I, I mean this sincerely, I, I've gotten to the point in my life where I think it's not necessarily life and death. I mean, I do enjoy my favorite teams. I'm still stinging from the Leafs' exit from the NHL playoffs. <laughs> but I can look at things and say, you know what, that Western Conference Championship, that Wayne Gretzky Trophy, that matters. That's something. Yeah, of course, an OHL championship would have been better and going out to the memorial cup and trying to erase the memories of the last memorial cup when you got to the final and coughed up a third period lead you know things like that but again i I think you've got something i even look at the kitchen arrangers from last season with the wisdom of my rapidly advancing years and say listen you got to hang a division banner for the first time in a decade that's something sure the fans the real hardcore fans always want more and they always think they can do a better job but i think that listen I think the, the divisional Storm, banners are silly, but carry on. Well, the Guelph Storm have faced elimination in these playoffs seven times. <laughs> and they are 7-0 and oh in those elimination games. And quite frankly, you lose any one of them, i.e. your season ends any earlier than it is right now, and it's a failure. At least you've got that Western Conference Championship. You came out best in the West. You went into the playoffs in fourth place. You came out number one. Pressure produces diamonds. The one name we're forgetting
0: about on the golf back end is Owen Lalonde. Oh, yes. So he will be back
1: with Chica, and they will join um, no one. How, how many people do you think, as they listen along, were yelling at their digital device saying, Lalonde, st- somebody say Lalonde, don't just talk about... They probably went, stupid Ranger Homers, don't know with
0: I, I'm sorry. I don't know why I did that, but um, I couldn't I don't remember know if anybody... Lalonde's name either. Um, yeah. Owen Lalonde. Uh, and I, I, my guess would probably be six. Six people? Six people. Okay. That's a guess. I don't know.
1: Well, maybe listen.
0: some are just like these two areas. They don't know what they're talking about, and they already turned us off. Regardless, look at the defenseman ahead of Lalonde. I forgot about him. Sorry. He plays four minutes a night right now.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Our it's... friends Crimson Chirp and uh, Right Post Ghost on Twitter will. Love to remind us that we forgot about Owen Lalonde. They, L- they can remind us of that next year.
0: <laughs> Come on up to the booth and right. let us know. I'm sure somebody will. It's it's going to be tough, no matter what. But like you look at that storm forwards in the lineup today: Zachary Roberts back, Suzuki gone, Entwistle, gone, Keegan Stevenson. He's a two thousand. He'll be yeah. Back. He'll be back. Toropchenko gone. Yeah. Ralph back. He's probably. back.
1: Tarpchenko's been a beast in the playoffs, too.
0: Howell gone, Schnarr gone, Govalev gone, Radcliffe gone, Camiso back. Mm. Oh, no, Camiso's nowhere. Camiso's Sorry. Sorry. Way. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting about three, maybe four forwards. It's going to be tough for George Bennett, regardless of whether they hang a banner. I don't know if it makes it easier or not. It's still. Oh, it sure makes it easier. Well,
1: I'm, I'm convinced of that. And of course, if they can finish off this entire little Cinderella story, which is what it's turned into. Forget the riches they spent at the trade deadline. Well, come back from 3-Cob, come back from 3-1, and then if you go past Ottawa and win an OHL championship, you've got yourself a hell of a story. We're still going to be talking about this 12 Storm team in 50 years. Absolutely. You Remember come, that time? Coming
0: back against the top team in the West, down 3-Cob? Yes, absolutely. Coming back against the second-best team? So maybe they go down 3-2. This time, because they were down 3 nothing 3-1. Maybe now they go down 3-2 and then come back, just to keep it going. Sure, why not? Right? I like can, uh, numbers that and work in order like that.
1: Then they can go into the uh, Memorial Cup, have to play the wild card play-in.
0: Well, of course. yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they get like, like I said, pressure produces diamonds. They want to feel that pressure. So I'm going to put the pressure on you now. Okay. Um, because we've talked a lot about these two teams in the final, and we both expected Ottawa to be there, but our pick from the West is not there. So what do you think happens here? Oh. Ottawa was up 3-0 in the game we're watching right now while recording on Thursday night. Guelph came back,
1: made it 3-2. Ottawa has since scored to make it 4-2. Just because all of our Storm faithful listeners have been asking me, pleading with me to keep picking against the Guelph Storm, I will do that again. I don't think that this Ottawa team is built to be beaten. So... I take the 67s and 6 to go on to the Memorial Cup in Halifax. I was gonna
0: like I was coming in here and I thought to myself I was thinking about this OHL final and I normally don't like to make predictions. Um and I was thinking would I be surprised if the 67s after seeing both teams watching quite a bit of playoff OHL hockey, would I be surprised if they swapped them? No. And I wouldn't be that, either. That's where I was. I was like, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I'd be like, yeah, they're disgusting. They're a filthy hockey club. They have the best defense in the East, and they have the best forwards maybe in the entire league, and they have the best goaltender in the entire league. My pick is the 67s and five. Wow. I'm going to give Guelph one. Wow. And I'm, and you know, <laughs> as long as, I say that with a preface, as long as Ottawa can control their emotions and stay out of the box, because that Guelph power play,
1: holy jumping, man. They had, I remember in Game 7 versus Saginaw, they must have spent a minute 38 inside the Spirit Blue Line, and the puck movement was dizzying. Right? Yeah. You, it's you, That's a great point. And I think we know that the Bear, Andre Turny, can make sure that his guys march to his drum. And the 67s do have some really good penalty killers, but...
0: It, you, just, you're, you play with fire when you're a man down.
1: If the series goes as you predict, my friend, then the Ottawa 67s will enter themselves into the record books again. And you're saying if uh, it goes the way you predict, they'll tie it.
0: Correct. It'll, it's, um, I'm excited. I'm selfish in this way, and I don't mind saying it, but because the Gulf Storm are in the OHL final, our lovely friends on Rogers TV will be playing each and every game on television, and so I've gotten to watch a lot more than I previously would have because I'm too cheap to pay for the OHL pack. You'd think that would come with part of our job, but it
1: doesn't. I'm with you. I don't pay for the (laughs) OHL pack either, so
0: there you go. So I I like that I could actually watch it, and um, those are two really strong teams. Man, did Guelph ever look good against Saginaw. You know,
1: we have these uh, things called media passes, and we can just walk over to Guelph or into the building in Guelph when they play games three and four at the Sleeman Center, we can we can go to the game for free. Yeah, yeah. See our friends at the Sleeman
0: Center. Yeah, but uh, bad juju.
1: <laughs> I got bad taste.
0: In my mouth in that place, and I already put away my my winter coat, my winter hat.
1: Oh, and right. It gets mighty
0: cold in there. Does it ever? <laughs> Although, as we are watching this game, farz, I got to say, if you're up for it, like this uh, TD uh, TD place in Ottawa looks pretty rowdy. I could probably be convinced to go to the nation's capital in the beginning of May. If you're free, you got anything going on? I was going
1: to say, you know how I love (laughs) Ottawa, okay? It really is one of my favorite cities, hockey notwithstanding. But uh, sorry, I'm going to have to take a pass, a hard pass on that one because- Maybe you got a spare Friday. No, not a Friday. Oh, no. Uh, Saturday. No, no Saturdays either, no. Sunday? Uh, She's, you know, Sundays (laughs) I wish. No. You got to have some open days if you want to make some money. Uh, you, yeah, if you want to make sense, <laughs> that's right. The month of May. Uh, in fact, just before we did this podcast, you kept me working to the bone, darn Skippy. I hope that your uh, vehicle is clean enough for you, sir. Ah, but yeah, it's a good feeling. Thank you very much for the donation to Cystic Fibrosis Canada. You're a good man. May is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Awareness Month. That makes it far well for higher month. And honest to goodness, I wasn't kidding with what I said. I do not have a day. To spare because I spend the whole month doing various jobs like cleaning cars. And what did I do today? I, I power washed a deck and I made a couple of runs to the dump with a pickup truck that a construction company in Kitchener lends to or in Waterloo. Malool Blamey loans me for the month. So anyway, I'm a little bit busy, but hey, just send me pictures when you go. Great guys
0: over at Malool Blamey. Shout out to Mr. Hanley, who's part of the team over there. Dear family friend, they do a great job and I love the truck. Fantastic. Um, just got to say, Boy, do I ever, like, I've had some, some, I've had a pretty good 2019 thus far, um, but I don't know if anything tops watching you clean my car. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta say, what a good feeling that was. We'll have you to, you know, uh, I feel like, I feel like it was you washing all your sins away.
1: It was, uh, they weren't my sins. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sorry if uh, you're listening, Dar. Yeah, sorry, mom. Um, it's
0: a work vehicle. Come I, on now, I'm doing work. Um, thanks a lot for cleaning my windshield. It was a lot of fun, and uh, you're lucky though. I had my boss out in market with me. Otherwise, I'd uh, the front seat was just littered with water bottles and uh, coffee cups. So you got away on the uh, with with actually cleaning the front seat of the car. But I appreciate the windshield job. And if anybody, Mike jokes about how he has no spare time. Trust me. He has spare time, and he will find that spare time. If to do it a means, job for you? Yeah, yeah, to do a job for you. <laughs> if it means cutting your lawn at 11 o'clock at night or at 6.30 in the morning to piss off your neighbors, he'll do it if it means a donation to cystic fibrosis.
1: And uh, we can point you to the visuals from the cleaning of Pope's car appropriately. Uh, just check it out on Twitter, at underscore Chris Pope at Farwell underscore OHL. Because we have to document it. If there aren't pictures, it didn't happen. Well, and it helps get the awareness out there of more people to donate. And hey, if you don't have anything for them to do,
0: just donate anyway. That's also- You get a nice the, yeah. tax receipt if it's over, what? 20, 20 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Give 20 bucks, you get a tax receipt. Um, tax time. Hope you did your, your taxes. I don't know if I did mine. My accountant hasn't got back to me. Anyway, true story. Regardless, um, make sure to donate. And uh, we're supposed to- drop our twitter mentions earlier in the show not 35 minutes in
1: oh really because you don't think anybody's listening anymore i don't know well for those that still are even if you don't want to make an online donation or you don't have a job that you want me to come to your house and do because you don't want me to see where you live it's fine check out farwell the number four Hire on facebook there are these event listings and i mean we got so much cool crap going on all month long I got restaurants donating two bucks for every dish and drink special. I've got block three in St. Jacob's making a beer. I've got a couple of DQ outlets in Waterloo uh, making a special blizzard where every time you buy it, I get a donation of a dollar. I mean, it's crazy. All the things. So just check out the events, come out to a fish fry, come out to a barbecue, buy some of the things that people are donating because you buy them and Win, win, win. It's a tough time to be friends with Mike on Facebook because I know, I your, whole you. fa- your whole your so whole Facebook
0: feed just gets littered with, Mike Farwell is going to this event. Mike Farwell is going to this event. Mike Farwell is going to this event. Although, it's good because if you want to support CF, then you know where to go. There we go. And uh, so, for those who are listening on this Friday, what do you have going on this weekend
1: before we wrap it up? Oh.
0: So, in case people are like, I don't want to go to Facebook or they forget it, but let's just tell them right now. Absolutely. What are, do you
1: have going on this weekend? Probably nothing. No, there's so much... Good, fun stuff going on this very weekend. First of all, shout out to the beautiful town of Moorfield. I'm going to be there on Arden? Friday night. You heard me. You heard me. Uh, the Drayton Canettes are coming over across the way into Moorfield. They're having some kind of night, and I'm going to MC it. Our friends at Hockey Tech, I'm actually getting together, don't be jealous, Popper, but with Mike Torquia, to call a game oh. for Hockey Tech as part of the OHL Cup. i Gold it. Cup. So we'll be there on Friday afternoon. Uh, You can follow it on the Hockey Tech stream, Moorfield Friday night. But then the big stuff. On Saturday, Oak Ridge Acres in North Dumfries. We're having a farm breakfast by donation. Come on out. Food's amazing. The Gerber family at Oak Ridge Acres, amazing. So we're doing that to start the day. Then it's off to DQ at the boardwalk in Kitchener slash Waterloo. It might be right along that border. Anyway, that's where you try this blizzard. I'm not even going to tell you the name of it because it's so damn embarrassing. I didn't come up with the name. It's called the Farwell Blizzard. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, every time you buy it, it's a buck. It's a buck to the campaign. And on that on Saturday, it's a buck from every combo that gets sold. So that's going to be fun. Then on Sunday, we'll be at the DQ again on King Street North in Waterloo at Northland, right up there by the Home Depot. And even better than that, on Sunday afternoon, before I go to DQ, Block 3 in St. Jacobs, they make a beer called Face for Radio it's an IPA. It's delicious. You buy it, and a dollar from every liter sold gets kicked back to cystic fibrosis. It's amazing stuff, man. And that's just this weekend. So you're you're telling
0: me that if I eat ice cream this weekend and drink beer, and I drink beer, yeah. I donate more to CF. That's the way it works, right? It's a beautiful. <laughs> Looks like my donations <laughs> going up, buddy. <laughs> love it. Two of my favorite things. We I appreciate love it. you listening. So. Obviously, with everything that Mike just mentioned, it's a busy week for the month of May, and there might be some duct tape on the uh, podcast throughout, but uh, bear with us and uh, donate to Cystic Fibrosis. We'll get her done. To I'm find a cure or, what, what, do you, what is it? The cure cure or, or control. Control, yeah. exactly. Thank I'm going you. for that cure, a, though. I like I either would I a brain fart.
1: Yeah. 150 grand on the line oh, this year. Gosh. Good yeah, luck, buddy. Only have to make five grand a day. Piece of cake, right? <laughs> a piece, piece of blizzard. I'm Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell for Hire and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope Podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email Mike at five seventy news.com. The Farwell and Pope Podcast originates from the five seventy news studio in Kitchener.
0: I'm Matt Kundel, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.